You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time to devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. The devotion. All right. Well, that was lame. But anyway, here we are. It's a Bible study where we read our Bible and uh, study it and then share what God puts on our heart. My name is Matt and this is Jessica. What's up? Hey. Yeah. So we just read one chapter of the Bible and this is the way that I read my Bible, even if we weren't doing morning breath. I read one chapter, I pick one verse out of it and I do the acronym SOAP with that. And it's been a while since I've said this, so I'll share this. It's uh, S-O-A-P. S stands for scripture. O stands for observation. So I pick that one scripture. I make some observations about it. Uh, A is application, and that is where the sweet spot is, because that's the personal application for that day for me and for you personally. And then P is prayer. So I just love reading my Bible this way. I've done it for probably six years now, and I'm not exaggerating when it's, when I say it has changed my life. Yeah, it has. I've seen the change. That's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. So what is new with you on December 14th? Well, we are a radio program, but we're also on podcast, video podcast, where we're on Facebook and YouTube. And so would love for you to leave comments or share this or like our page, subscribe to our page. And uh, if you comment, we'll comment back. We'll check it out. Thank you for all the comments and all the sharing and all the stuff. We so appreciate it. And if you only hear us on the radio, that's awesome too. But if you ever want to see the show, we record our Monday show and it's available every videocast. Yeah, videocast. You know, I'm like one of the worst people on the planet with like technology. Mm. (laughs) You know that. He knows Mm -hmm. that. So I didn't know you could comment on the on like you can comment on the YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) On the YouTube. So some. One, a friend of ours said the other day, you were talking to him and I came out and he's on speakerphone. He's like, hey, I was waiting um, at the hospital for an appointment and I uh, just pulled up YouTube to see what I would find on the channel and we popped up. So he's like, we watched, we watched you guys and I left a comment. I'm like, I didn't even know you could comment. So that's cool. That is cool. <laughs> Talk about lame. <laughs> Me, lame. I'm the one who waits um, forever until pretty much till my phone breaks to update it. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> what did I do the other day? You were like, what is wrong with you? Oh, I hadn't renamed my AirPods. So I had AirPods and I hadn't renamed them. They were named them. my name. They were named Matt's You've had AirPods. Them over two years, maybe maybe even three. Yep. And, and I, they're still named Matt's AirPods. And you I'm changed like, it. You what? fixed it for me. I so I that. named them Thanks. for you. <laughs> I'm not good at that. So anyway, we are really close to Christmas. How are you doing on your Christmas shopping? I'm doing great because you do it all. <laughs> oh, nice. Boom. Nice one. What is your favorite Christmas present you ever got? Favorite one I've ever gotten. That's really hard. That's very hard. One of my most memorable Christmas gifts was from Sam Milburn. He bought me a pack of socks, I think, and a pack (laughs) of like old like underwear, like it was like, you know, whatever. Whitey tidies, like something, you know, my grandpa wore. Like I'm like, I was like so mad. I was like, what is this? And he like started laughing and everybody started laughing and he had put $50 in uh, the pack. And I was like, oh, like I just, that was a, that was one of my favorite of all time memories on a Christmas present. Sweet, You know, something we've done with our kids, we started a couple years ago and it's especially helpful this year is uh, we only get them four things and we get them something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. And it rhymes. And it rhymes. And it just is so helpful with like 
Because kids want everything. I remember being a kid and looking at the Toys R Us catalog and being like, I want everything. So it just helps kids narrow it down to what they actually want. Like, what is the one? Oh, is that your want? You know, like Adeline asked for a unicorn, you know, those like stick with a horse head on it and you like ride around and there was a unicorn one. She's like, I've always wanted one of these. I'm like, is that what you want for Christmas? And then she, you know, she retracted her want. (laughs) So your favorite gift? Oh man, I knew that asking that was going to bring that back on me. Um, you got me a Keurig one year. I did. <laughs> that was exciting. Um, oh, you got me a, a chair, like for the backyard. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Are You're- you just trying to remember <laughs> get random gifts? Kind of. One time. You got me a thing. That's my favorite. That's my that's favorite. That's a problem. I can't even remember. Uh, yeah. Many gifts. All of them. That's my yes, answer. Yes. Anything you've ever gotten me. That's right. Anything I picked out myself. How about this? Our our <laughs> nephew, Femi. He was born on Christmas. Oh, okay? yes. He's our favorite Christmas He's our gift. favorite Christmas Our Christmas. nephew, Femi. Jesus, too. Right after Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. I'm going to just watch this. <laughs> All right. Anything else new? No. Church. Church yeah. is oh, going yeah. on. We're going to have. Make it merry. Yeah, we're doing make it merry. And every week we're adding more to the party and it's been super fun. And also Christmas Eve is coming really quick and we're really quickly. And we are going to have Christmas Eve Eve services on the 23rd, as well as Christmas Eve services on the 24th. And it's a ticketed event at all of our campuses. It's totally free, but we want to make sure that you ha- we have a seat for you. And so we want you to go on eccc.us slash events, or you could probably find it the other way too. And um, you'll get your ticket and you can pick which service and which location you want to come to and so make sure to do that that's right that'll fill up fast that's it that's going to be a lot of fun and this sunday will be a ton of fun keep it merry we've got a party theme every week we've been amping it up we'll have our photo booth set up as well as mini golf are we gonna have a dj is that why you were like this is a devotion that's a hard no it could be an idea we'll work on it okay next year 2021 all right so we are been we have been in Matthew chapter Matthew the book of Matthew and we're in Matthew chapter eleven today. That's so, right. Uh, it's pretty short. No, it's not thirty verses. So I'll read through sixteen. All right, perfect. And I must say to you, read. read. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and to preach in their Galilean cities. Now, when John the Baptist in prison heard about the activities of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and asked him, are you the expected one, the Messiah, or should we look for someone else who will be the promised one? Jesus answered, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed by healing and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed, joyful, favored by God is he who does not take offense at me, accepting me as the Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation. As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind, which is commonplace. What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing, entirely unsuited for the harsh desert? Those who wear soft clothing are in the palaces of kings. But... Did you really go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you. And one more eminent, more rem- one more eminent, more remarkable, and far more than a prophet who foretells the future. This is the one of whom it is written by the prophet Malachi. 
Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater in privilege than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. For all the prophets and the law prophesied up until John. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is the fulfillment of Elijah as the messenger who was to come before the kingdom. He who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. But to what shall I compare this generation? It's like little children sitting in the marketplaces who call to the others and say, we pipe the flute for you playing wedding and you did not dance. We wailed sad dirges playing funeral and you did not mourn and cry aloud. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. When he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent, Woe to you, Corazon! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. Go in sackcloth and ashes, but I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you." At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good to your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are labor, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Amen. Where do you want to start? Where do I want to start? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, Let me come back to uh, something that I saw in verse 10. And it's just one of my favorite things about John the Baptist. Behold, I'll send my messenger before your face who who will prepare your way before you. And it's John the Baptist's gift in life was to actually prepare the people of Israel for Jesus. And he was a prophet that was meant to come before Jesus. He baptized Jesus. He preached repentance. And then Jesus came and Jesus, uh, he, he lived his life and he was able to be effective because John the Baptist came first. And so I always love to think about myself in terms of, could I be like John the Baptist for someone else? Could I help prepare the way for Jesus to a friend, uh, to a neighbor, to a family member? And uh, that's just me thinking like, I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be a part of blessing that person. I want to be a part of them receiving Jesus and doing anything and everything I could to make it easier on them, not harder on them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think about like, When you go have a good meal um, and you sit down at a restaurant and the meal comes out and you could take, let's say, one experience where you have an incredible steak, uh, the potatoes are perfect, they're nice and salty and a little garlicky and, you know, the 
grilled asparagus is perfect, charred just perfectly, and it could be a perfect meal. But if the uh, the person when you come in, uh, the host treated you terribly, and the server took two hours to take your order, and the restaurant was dirty, and your feet were sticking to the floor, and your hands keep sticking to the table, you're probably not going to come back. And although that might be the best cooked steak there is, and uh, it looks great and everything, you're probably going to be pretty turned off to that food, no matter how good it is. Yeah. And the opposite would be true, that if you come down, come to a restaurant and the steak is done okay, the potatoes are just okay, the asparagus that is grilled is just okay, mm-hmm. but the experience leading up to that moment is five out of five stars. Like the server treated you so well, everything, everything you needed, uh, the host got you to the best table. They just had a smile on their face. Uh, I remember one restaurant we went to for anniversary. They had written in chocolate on the dessert, happy third anniversary, right? Just all the things and all the stuff was kind of that next level, but that steak just wasn't quite cooked well. You're going to probably have a little more grace for that steak not being cooked well. And the point of all that is the preparation leading up to that moment matters in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that we can trump anything that Jesus would do in somebody's life, but we sure can be a part of that perfect meal that God has created. We can do as much as we can to create that experience for somebody. Even when someone's coming into church, I think as a pastor, like what can I do to make this experience line up even just with a fragment of the incredible grace and mercy of the Lord with the incredible power of the Holy Spirit and salvation? Is there anything I can just do just a little bit to just make this a wonderful experience for somebody and uh, being attentive to people's needs, paying attention to people and and loving on people. And that's what we actually teach everyone who serves on our dream teams, which which would be like if you go to a church and there's like someone greeting or, or someone in the worship team, we call that dream team uh, because we want the dream of God to pour out of their heart into our community. So we teach our dream team members, be attentive to new people, be attentive to people that aren't a part of this group yet mm-hmm. or coming in from the outside. Maybe it's their first time or, or maybe they're struggling and they don't know how to be a church person or whatever, like let's be attentive to their needs because we want to welcome them in. We want to prepare the way for the Lord and uh, that they could receive an incredible meal cooked for them uh, by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus. And that's the most awesome compliment that I hear when people come to East Coast who are new, whether I've invited them or whether they're just new walking in, if they've seen the sign or seen something online or been invited by a friend, they say, I just felt so welcome. I just yeah. felt the spirit of hospitality and that is that is preparing the way like people don't understand how important a smile in the parking lot is how important a smile at the front door is you know like we say that people are called to be greeters if they can smile <laughs> You know, some people are not called to be greeters because they're too in their head and they just have like this resting, very hard thinking face. Yeah. (laughs) But if you can smile and you can welcome people with your eyes, with your mouth, (laughs) smile. Um, Like if your first instinct is to smile when somebody walks up to you, we're like, you can be a greeter, greeter, right? You have a calling on your life. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I... I am going to go out here on a limb and say when I was reading this, when I saw it, when John the Baptist in prison heard about the activities of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and asked him, are you the expected one, the Messiah, or should we look for someone else? I feel like John is doubting here or something, and he's needing to be affirmed. He's needing, I I don't know what exactly is happening here, but I do know what's happening because I'm not in his head. But from what I can ascertain from reading 
on is that these doubts or these, these questions were brought to Jesus by John's disciples, the guys who'd been following John. And Jesus um, basically says, go and report to John what you hear and see, that these things are happening. The blind are receiving sight. The deaf are receiving their hearing. The poor are having the gospel preached to them. Um, and then he says, as the men were going away, he started to speak to the crowd about John. So if John was in this place of doubt or unbelief or just needing um, a reminder of who Jesus actually was, and he was in this place of really just doubting is what I can see, Jesus actually went on to say, um, this is the one of who it was written. Behold, like you said in that verse 11, I send my messenger ahead of you, prepare the way of the Lord before you. And he actually kind of sings John's praises and he, and he uh, pumps him up and he lifts him up. He didn't take that moment to be like, you doubter, you, you worthless piece of junk. You know, like he actually was like, go tell John the good stuff that's happening. And I'm going to also like affirm him. So you can hear that and you can hear me say good things about John. And what I got from that was that Jesus is super gracious and he affirmed him publicly, even though he may have been in doubt and brought his doubts publicly. And Jesus can handle our doubts. There's this verse in the Bible, um, in the New Testament, and it's this guy who is struggling to believe something that Jesus said. And it was faith. He was struggling to have the faith, but he said, I believe help my unbelief. And I think that is a super healthy and really good place for us to be, especially when we don't know what is going on. I think that's been a place that I've been in a lot this year is I believe that you have all this under control, Jesus. Help my unbelief. Help me when I don't see the answers. Help me when I'm not seeing this thing eradicated in two weeks like I originally thought. Help me when I'm seeing people struggle. Help me when I'm seeing the news not make sense. Help me when I'm seeing um, the CDC talk out of both sides of their mouth. Like help me understand, help my, I believe that you have this under control, now help my unbelief. And I think that I think we just need to remember that Jesus can handle our doubts. Yeah, that's really good. You know, what's interesting about this is Jesus doesn't, um, he doesn't go, oh, John, oh, come on. It's going to be okay. They're yeah. there. Uh, he doesn't even really compliment John um, because if you notice, the people leave after As he they says, were look, pay attention. The things of which were prophesied are happening. Mm -hmm. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the deaf can hear. The things that have been prophesied in the word of God are happening. He actually gave John the word yeah. through these visitors and then they leave, mm -hmm. okay? So he doesn't even get to hear uh, John's or the public affirmation. He only, Jesus encouraged him with the word of God. Then he publicly affirms him when, when John's people have left. Mm -hmm. And what I like about, I like two things about that. One is one of the best ways to encourage somebody is through the word of God and what the word of God says over them. Not just nice things, not just like, but your hair looks great. And, John, <laughs> and don't be so discouraged because you're a nice person and people like you. You're no, a good person. Encourage people with the word of God. And yeah. if you don't know what to say, pray. Yeah. The second thing I like is that he publicly affirms John and John doesn't even get to hear that, which makes me just think and consider that I think Jesus can affirm me and you even when we're not in the That's not good. in the room and we don't have to worry about what other people think about us yeah. because God is moving on people's hearts on our behalf. If we are acting righteously in a godly way, 
and we're being, our reputation is being tarnished, guess who will defend us? Yep. It is the Lord. He will defend you. And so you don't have to go around to every single person and say, look who I am and look how I do things and I do it all right and that person is all wrong. Yep. We don't have to live in this world of defense. We can actually live righteously, have good character and Jesus, and it, it happens more uh, in other places in the Bible, but God is our defense. And yep. when no, when we can't defend ourselves, we are helpless in that way. God is justice in our life. Revenge is the Lord's. Not It's not our job. The Bible says revenge is the Lord's. Why? Because the Lord is the only one who could truly righteously execute vengeance because he's the only one who really understands all the sides to the story. And so I love that part of, part of the Bible. That's why it's really important to have uh, godly counsel and people speak into your life and for you to go to people who are going to give you godly counsel because um, this year was hard on many levels, but uh, without being too open, I and we were slandered pretty hard by some people. And I, my first, and I think anybody, this is normal, You, my first thought and my first um, unction was to go defend myself. Because these are lies and these are not true and they're lying about me. And I had reached out to a a godly counsel, a friend who's known me for a really long time. And the first thing she said without even knowing the situation was your reputation is not yours to defend. And that is exactly what I needed to hear at that moment. And it has played over and over in my mind countless times, probably hundreds of times I've thought, I've thought that. And that's, and that's so true. I think what you added there was so true that it is not our place to defend our reputation. God is doing that. Like God defends our reputation, even when we don't even know what's happening and we probably may never know that it happened. Yeah. You know, that's well, good. I'll add to that in terms of like reputation. Um, I think there was a time in my life uh, when I was transitioning from a young guy who really didn't have vision of who I was called to be. So young man who just kind of was selfish, had a big mouth and, you know, uh, was willing to put people down and be critical and negative. And then I began to transition into this position where I wanted to be in ministry. And uh, in the process, I'd moved to England. So I'd got some separation from like my hometown, but then I was coming back to my hometown where I had done some things to people that weren't nice. I had said things to people that were hurtful. I had treated people as an immature, rude jerk of a teenager. And now I'm looking at some of these people back in the face and I'm wanting to uh, be a pastor and invite them to our young adult church. And I thought my reputation, I was like, man, my reputation stinks. Like I didn't do a very good job of building the character of what a pastor would be, you know? And uh, I thought, how am I ever going to fix my reputation? You know, do I have to have 150,000 conversations and every time my (laughs) reputation would come up, go defend myself? Mm -hmm. And it felt like the Lord said, Matt, spend time on your character and eventually your reputation will catch up to your character. That's good. Okay? So don't just sit here and focus on defending yourself to every person around you, but just build your character and build the life of who you are today. And God will get that message out to them. God will show them through my character, not through my defenses on who yeah. uh, who I'm supposed to be and who I'm called to be. And this plays out all the time in our lives. Rather than focus on defending everything about ourselves, focus on our character, who God has called us to be. And what you'll find is eventually people will see the real you. Uh, it was funny. Um, I, I There's a story out there where a friend of ours co- came up to me just even a couple weeks ago and said, hey, I got to ask you a question. I got permission from this person to ask you this. 
they had come up to you in Lowe's and said hi to you, and you had just literally didn't say a word to them, turned around and walked away. And I was like, what? And they said, did that happen? Because I thought that was impossible for you. You would never do that to anyone. And I was like, I have no idea where that's coming from. There's a huge possibility. I didn't see them. I thought they were talking to someone behind me, didn't recognize them. They had a mask on. I had a mask on. I have no recollection of that, but I would never do that to anybody who walked up to me and I knew they were saying hi. You know, I could easily do that on accident, but I would never do that on purpose. And they said, I knew that. And I told them a hundred times, that's not who you are. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, there was a time in my life where that's maybe who I was. I was a person where like, yeah, Matt's kind of mean to people. Matt's a little bit of a jerk, you know? Matt's got a bad attitude. He wants to argue with everybody. There was a time in my life where that's who I was, especially as a young man, but that's not who I am anymore. And I felt like that was a great example of somebody recognizing the character in my life, knowing that's not who I am and that's not who I've been for decades. Yeah, Man, sometimes that's who I want to be and that's who (laughs) I think I am to other people, but in all reality... That's not who I am, and that's not who people see me as. And I think I just want to encourage somebody out there today that if you feel like your reputation is never going to catch up with your character, you're not right. Just keep being who God has called you to be. Eventually, that reputation will catch up to you. Eventually, people will see you as God sees you. For some, it might take a decade for them to recognize that, but I'm telling you, it will happen and if they don't see you it's okay yep it is okay other people will see it and they'll believe in you and you don't have to worry about the people that are never going to forgive you uh you're never going to earn their forgiveness so don't worry about that's that. right just keep building the fruit the bible says was it this chapter or chapter seven that people will know you by yes, chapter fruit. matthew was, chapter seven that's right yeah people will know you by your fruit so keep building fruit in your life Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. We love you. you. We'll see you next time. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in.
Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.